welcome to another edition of Rugby League Back Chat. Hope you're safe, hope you're well, hope you're uh, keeping up to date with Rugby League. We'll try and keep you informed for the next hour or so, along with some funny tales as ever, as we've been doing over the last few weeks. Now, we did have a request to get more people on from Lancashire. Unfortunately, I don't like to associate very much with people from Lancashire, so I've picked basically the only two people that I know from there. So welcome to the show. Ryan Briley from Bull KR and the Lee Centurions head coach. John Duffy, gents, how is it? I'll start with you, Ryan. How is it on the uh, on the dark side at the minute? Yeah, all going well. Um, obviously, trying to meet up with a few of the boys, just kind of keep training and stuff. And um, yeah, it's, like I say, it's a tough time for everybody. So just trying to stay as positive as we can and um, keep getting that work done. Because no one knows when we'll be back or could be <clears> tomorrow, could be next week. So um, just trying to remain positive and help people out where we can. John, you've uh, started rocking a new haircut. Talk us through it. <laughs> this isn't my fault. This is the coronavirus's fault. This <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. So I'm about to I part think it. Think it's, it's going past my nose now. So uh, I'm about to part <laughs> it up. I think I think you I think you're rocking it fairly well. I think you're rocking it fairly well. <laughs> better than better than Ryan, who's had to put a baseball cap on to hide his monstrosity. Cover mine up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on, a, on a serious note, gents, we've. Um, Still no rugby, obviously. Some light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully, with Bundesliga starting and lots of other stuff going on. However, um, the championship, I think that's probably the most pressing thing at the minute. It seems like there's a, a majority that don't <clears throat> want it to restart. There is opposition to that. Um, as we know, John, your, your owner, Derek Beaumont, is very, very supportive of, of doing everything we can to get the game back on. Where, where do you think we stand at the minute, John? Do, from, from your position, what you know, um, do you think we will see some championship rugby again or is it just looking like it's going to be, there's too much against it, too many hurdles to jump on so far? Well, first of all, I think, um, firstly, we've got to get back playing as soon as we can. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's a good model, the championship. Um, you know, and there's quite a few teams having a good, good go at it this year. Um, you know, trying to get promotion, us being one of those. Um, but we understand it's got to be a safe environment. Everything's got to be done correctly um, with the government guidelines. Uh, but at the minute, there's a bit too much negativity for me um, in what's coming back uh, with clubs not wanting to, uh, you know, do all they can to get back up and running, um, which is, um, you know, pretty poor uh, from my point of view. I think we've all got to be doing the best we can to try and uh, get get the greatest game going. Uh, I mean, Ryan... We 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 are financial experts. I'm certainly not you, might be, but 72% of clubs have said they don't want to play again while the job retention scheme furloughing is still in place. From a player's point of view, we're talking 72% there. What's the percentage of players not wanting to start again compared to wanting to get back on the field? Well, I've I've not spoken to anyone who doesn't want the season to to start again. But... Rugby league players, like I'm sure Duff's will know, you just want to play rugby, don't you? So, I'd, there'd be no players supporting that 72%. Like, they might do it to appease their owners and appease the clubs, but deep down, there'd be nobody who doesn't. Why would you not want to play? It just seems daft, doesn't it? You, why would you not want to play? But um, I think it's a tough one because you've got, for example, like your teams like Batley and Jude, they're not fighting to be promoted to Super League, are they? They're, they're not. That's not their ambition. That's no disrespect. That's not their ambition to play in Super League. Whereas Lee Centurion, Toulouse, people like that, 
you can't take the reward from them when they've already spent the budget or or um, recruited on the basis of trying to be promoted. You can't say halfway through, right, the the league's done. Um, and, and, and if he was going to go down that route, you you've got to still reward the teams. Who, for example, Lee haven't lost a game yet. I know you can talk about it, they've only been mm-hmm. six games, five games, play whatever. They've not lost a game, so you've still got to reward the teams who are actually ambitious and actually want to progress in the in in their journey. Do you know what I mean? I, I just think it's, it's wrong, man. You, you, you shouldn't be allowed to do it. But I'm I'm not the main man, am I? <laughs> try try to sit in the middle of this. You've got You've got clubs who are saying that they can't financially afford to play behind closed doors, which you can you can understand there are going to be financial implications of that. Um, for a lot of clubs, their only revenue is not well, the, the main revenue is through the gates. That's understandable. At the same time, you've got clubs who, as you rightly say, have put a lot of money into this. You know, we're not we're not talking just a few quid here and there. We're talking a significant amount, and I think the Annoyance from without speaking on Derek's behalf, but he doesn't think that clubs are doing enough to try and get back on the field. It's a bit of a we can't do rather than we can do sort of attitude. John, do you, I think you kind of touched on that. Is is that where the issue lies at the minute? That there's probably from from the club's point of view who want to get back on the field, there's too much we can't do it because of this rather than we could try and do it by doing this sort of thing. Yeah, and there's no one trying to be innovative like, you know, Derek's put something across um, to all the clubs with regarding, uh, you know, viewing the games behind closed doors, trying to get some revenue on that. But everyone, you know, it seems like a big percentage, you're not too bothered, but it's, it's not about the clubs and, you know, they've got the fans and, and the game as a whole as well that we've got, you know, a duty of care to, to get back running. Um, I'd hate to see anything happen to the whole game um, after all this. Mm-hmm. What 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 could we do? Could could we hypothetically arrange a smaller competition with clubs who do want to play? And could you, I guess, more importantly as well, form a competition that would be seen as being substantial enough to still allow promotion to Super League? John, do you think do you think that that's a realistic proposition that the sport may have to look at? I think so, yeah. You've got to look at uh, everything, really. And, uh, you know, if the, the clubs that have got ambition uh, and they want to do something, um, you know, maybe put them into into a smaller league. I, I don't know how that would work. Um, but, you know, there are clubs who, who are fighting to get back going and, and want to do it, you know, today. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just everything else around it, you know, with lads in our league being part-time and having another job, you know, the safety of them going to work, then coming into a rugby environment. You know, you just got to be uh, have everything right. You know, there's talk of the the COVID officers at, at each club, uh, making sure they're doing the right things before the players enter the stadium or the training facilities. Um, but it's not when you look at the guidelines, it's not too hard to do. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, that revenue one's a big one for for most of the clubs in our league. Um, you know, it really hits them hard when when they don't get that coming in. So. You know, looking at other ways to to bring that in, um, would would be uh, the showstopper and get getting it back going. Agreed. Well, hopefully there's a resolution, uh, but we don't want to talk too serious for too long. So I'm going to move going to move it on and talk about something else that's a bit serious that started coming out uh, the last couple of days. Uh, the salary cap, um, a proposal tabled to reduce the cap by about fifteen percent 
which is a, I think it's basically £300,000 reduction back to £1.8 million. Uh, Ryan, what, asking a player who's earned Mackey money all his life would probably be the no. one who'd take a hit no. on this. <laughs> it's uh, probably the wrong person to ask. But on a serious note, what what's your initial thoughts about the prospect of, of reducing the cap by £300,000? I think, um, I, I know the, the rule around... Obviously, play the 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 young players obviously being slashed their fifteen uh, sorry fifteen grand minimum fee. At, at first, I was like, "Why well, you can't do that?" When, when I got it explained to me, it was just for this year. It kind of makes sense because if you're trying to drag reserve players up and then having to pay them fifteen grand to go on the goes on the cap, I mean, kind of defeats the object of what we're trying to do. Fair enough. When you talk about bringing the whole salary cap down, I bet there's not many teams. Who spend one point eight anyway? Like I don't, I don't really, I don't really understand unless you, you you know more about it. Like I don't understand why them teams who don't spend one point eight anyway would want to bring. It, I don't really understand how it affects them. So um, mm-hmm. there's only real big clubs who it would really affect. Um, obviously, they have to release a few players or whatever over when it goes over that one point eight. But I, I I still don't understand the benefit from the majority of clubs wanting to bring it down to 1.8 when they wouldn't spend it anyway. Well, to tell you the arguments from both sides, the arguments of those wanting it reduced is that the repercussions of uh, COVID-19 mean that clubs simply aren't going to be able to spend up to 2.1 million other than a handful of clubs who you assume still will have heavy backers. They are arguing that for competition integrity, to make sure there aren't clubs that are blowing others out of the water with what they're spending, it should be brought down so everyone's sort of playing on an even playing field. The other argument was that because we've got the government loan, it's proof that the sport's in need and that it needs to come down. Beyond that as well, um, there is a belief among among some clubs um, that the repercussions of, of COVID-19 are going to last for a long time. So, you know, they are, no one's going to be able to spend as they have been doing for many, many years. So that's their argument. The argument on the other side is that, well... 2.1 is a maximum salary cap. You're not obliged to spend that. So if you can't spend that, don't spend that. They're also saying that it's bad for the profile of the game if you bring it down because it, it looks like a backward step. So there they were the two things. And the other thing that the clubs who don't want to be reduced are saying, we've budgeted off 2.1 million with all the contracts we've handed out. So how do you plan to sort out that? So they're the two arguments. Um John, you know, having listened to all that, what do you think about it all? I understand, um, you know, they've, they've got the loan now coming uh, off the government and, and the repercussions off that could be huge. Um, but also the other side as well, where if you're not spending anywhere near it, it doesn't affect the club. Um, so I think they've just got to come up with a, with a balanced view on it um, and make sure it's, it's um, sustainable and, and good for each individual club. Uh, moving forward, but yeah, I don't see the. It does look like we're taking the backward step for me if we go that way. I think we'll leave it there. I feel like we've all got too serious and uh, and talking about things that are just going to cause arguments. Let's talk about some more lighthearted fun. Ryan, you um, you you've been you're a bit of a social media darling, aren't you? You uh, you get yourself wherever you can on this show. He rings me up asking to come on the show when. Possible. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> You've you you've been you've sort of taken up a bit of uh, video work on on your social media feeds. You've got 
rubbing shoulders with Dan Carter now, aren't you? I won't to that. Oh, <laughs> come on. No, you, you wouldn't... Uh, I'm no, already you, wrong. Let him, let him have his moment. He commented on the... Uh, on the it, was, it was pretty cool, to be, to be honest. Like, I'm not a rugby union... Um, I, I don't really like it. So, it's not it's not someone who I, I don't know, idolise or grew up watching or whatever like that. It was just a... He's just a cool person for me. I just thought he was pretty cool. Obviously, he's a well-known star in that game. But... Um, just it's probably out of boredom, just trying to create some content, and um, I, I, I don't sound daft, but I know Duff's on Instagram like all about Boris Johnson. I find it hilarious. So like, I think he's just trying to find ways of keeping, I don't know, keeping people occupied and just trying to find content. Have you had any stick for saying you're his mate? No, nothing. Cause I'm not his mate. <laughs> 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 so no I, I just found it interesting just trying to do different things and um, also trying to get out the house and did a bit of videoing around the kicking season stuff and I think it's um, obviously a big part of the game now goal kicking because games are a lot tighter and um, just trying to improve on that really quite, like I said in the video I'm probably not a natural kicker so I just have to probably work harder than than the, than the most natural one, just to try and get any sort of uh, consistency in in that part of my game. So, it's sometimes I just try really hard. So I just thought I'd document it, and um, obviously went down pretty well. And it's uh, it's probably it's not something I'm going to follow up on in terms of doing a a, week, a weekly vlog. It's just it's just something what I found some of that nothing. And it was hard work editing it. Also, I feel sorry for all you coaches out there who have to edit and clip. It was just, honestly it took forever. So it's not something I'll be getting straight into uh, anytime soon. You've been getting virtual kicking coaching as well, haven't you? Yeah, and like, like I said, touched on earlier, I'm not the most natural footballer. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't so. kick one for me last year. Yeah. Again, I'm, you, I, I'm surprised you even gave him kicking duties. <laughs> there was only me left. Really, zip, really zip <laughs> wanging off, that's why. But no, <laughs> and that, again, just, just trying to get better, really, and just trying to get... Whilst we're also in this, uh, in this lockdown, there's not a lot you can do. There's... I mean, I'd love to be able to um, work on my tackle setting because I, I love that part of the game. I love my defence and stuff. So, oh, um, behave yourself. Un- un- unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> lockdown. Have I you heard of this? The turnstile. This? <laughs> Is that his nickname? The turnstile. <laughs> no, no comment, pal. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Oh, on a serious, on a serious note, the uh, the tackling. You have actually been working Don't on Don't ask Ryan uh, about it, tackling. Ask no, well, I'm, tackling. I'm, I'm being serious. I'm, I'm being serious. You can see it in, in your stats. You, it, normally, there were no missed tackles because you had someone doing them for you, like Greg Wernick's <laughs> body must have totally ruined having tackled for you all his career. But you're actually you're actually uh, producing a fair amount at the minute. It looks like something you've had to work on. That's not him. Uh, They've got his name wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Is is when when they're in D is the one with the flag on the touchline. No, it's um, I I won't be able to answer this being seriously, but it's um, it's something I probably I've had to work on definitely. And and when I first went into Wilkinson Rovers, it was probably the first thing Tony said to me, and 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 he kind of stuck with his word as well. If if I'd made my tackles and made it slower. Um, I'd, he'd, he'd pick me so fortunately I've been picked every week so I must be doing something right so um, it's been it's been good I've obviously enjoyed myself and it's something I've understood, understood I've had to do and um, obviously the people around me have helped massively and 
my back rows and centre the other side kind of protect me um, more than you think. So it's um, it's a game I, I'd like to say I have improved. And, uh, what are you weighing in at now, Kez? 87 now. <laughs> 87 kilo. I'm a, I'm a big human being, you see, now. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> What have you played at most of your career? When I first played with Dutch, I was 78 kilos. <laughs> 60, no wonder they ran at you. <laughs> I know. So, um, yeah, yeah 70, 72 I was when I played with Dutch. Right, well, let's, uh, let's end on that funny note. Quick break and we'll be back for uh, more chat, more last more giggles. We'll be right back. Welcome back to this week's Rugby League Back Chat. We're going to turn our attention to John Duffy now because uh, in the interval, Ryan got a bit upset that we pointed out that his defence wasn't very good. So we'll uh, go again. John, I, I don't know if this is a record that is uh, still still intact. If it is, looking at you, it's, it's been intact a long time. But you were, or did hold, the record for the youngest ever player to play in Super League, didn't you? I did. I did. Um, does it still, does it still hold? No, Scotty Moore beat me. Um, he, t- he took it off me when he played for Saints a few years later. Um, but uh, yeah, I was still doing my exams at the time when uh, when I got the call to to jump in the first team squad at Warrington. How old were you? Um, Sixteen, ju- just turned, just finishing my exams off. Um, and uh, John Dorahay was a coach at Warrington at the time. I did pre-season. I think there was in the change of going from winter to summer that year. Um, wow, show your age. Yeah, and um, the few older players, uh, Martin Dermott, uh, Paul Hume, uh, Steve McCurry, people like that, um, in, in the ranks at Warrington and got a few injuries over the first couple of rounds and the call came. Um, never looked back since. I'm not, I'm not going to uh, now. Nah, I'm sure you can you can hold your own, but going into a dressing room like that, 16 year old kid, you must have got some grief at the time. I weren't allowed in. I weren't allowed in. You weren't allowed room. in the dressing room. No, I had to go in the way the away changing room for for training. Um, but I was allowed in, obviously, on game day. But yeah, it was it was a lot different back then than than these lads like Ryan coming through now, just taking anyone's peg as they come in. Oh, uh, so yeah, it was I had, to sit, I had to sit on your peg. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was very intimidating back then. Um, it was a different world altogether to to what it is now. It's a lot more professional, and um, you know, there's a lot more dedicated athletes uh, nowadays than finishing training and going to the pub or the betting betting office. I can't get my head around that. So you you were training with them. You were playing with them but you weren't allowed in the changing room other than on no, the No, the young lads got changed next door um, and you had to, you know, you, you had to work your way in really with your performances and, and the way you were. And what, I mean, how, how were they like when you were in training? Because I imagine, you know, 16-year-old lad, you can sort of show them up, you can, you can batter them Oh, I was cocky. Okay. I, so, uh, I got a few slaps at training. Um, off who? 
or different people. Uh, Brendan Tutor. Um, but he, oh, there's a few out there. Gary Chambers used to give me a bit of stick as well. Uh, Andy Currier, if you remember him from who played yeah. at Witness. Richie Ears, um, Yama, Yumi. Um, there's a few, few older boys. They, they hated young lads coming in. Um, and I was cocky as well. So that, that didn't help me. How, um, how, how did the debut go? Uh, we played London Broncos at Wilderspool. Um, and we, we got beat. We weren't in the best of form, but we, we got beat. I ended up with the man of the match, but we, we got beat. I think Martin, or, or I don't know whether it was Martin or Sean Edwards arrived on a, in a helicopter before the game. Hey, uh, with Richard Branson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember any of that. So it was. Uh, it is a different game. It was a different game altogether back then than, than what it is now. Uh, it's far more explosive and physical nowadays than, than back then. It's a bit grubbier back then. There's a lot of fighting going on. I remember Graham Bradley, uh, I think that was 98. He uh, he gave me one of the best elbows you'll ever see and got red carded. But you, you just see that young lad and just bully mentality back then on, on the younger lads. Is the standard of the game better now or was it better back in the day? Uh, it's a lot better now. Uh, I think it was a lot more exciting um, yeah. back in the day just because I, I don't think anyone was taught to defend the, the way that we do now uh, and the, the detail that goes into both sides of the game now is is off the scale from from what it was back then you didn't get taught that much you know back back then um, other than picking you up on maybe a, a, a wrong pass or why have you missed that tackle no it's bang mm. there's your detail that's what you've you need to get better at there are your positives these are your drills you need to work on. Go and perfect them and, and add it to your game. Uh, you know, it's yeah. just a bit, a bit more off the coaches back then. It was more you got to do this, you got to do that. Um, you know, you've got to get both both ways now, and, and the detail that goes into, like I said, both sides of of the the coin is um, is far far more um, than, than what it used to be. Yeah, Ryan, you've just arrived too late. You'd have you'd have been playing forty years ago. You'd have been world class. <laughs> Crap now, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> but it, it, I'm I'm glad you said that because I were having a right uh, massive argument with my dad about it. He was saying, "Oh, it was way better back then." I said, "I don't think it is at all. I just think they didn't know how to defend then, so it was a lot easier to attack." Um, and yeah. how were you, John? I, I think excitement levels hundred percent were better back then because. Yeah. But the art of defence now is. You watch it in comparison. Well, there isn't a comparison, is it? It's just, no, like you, Ryan, you'll have watched it, but it's just head and shoulders above now defensively compared to what it was. Yeah. My dad always texts me when them old games are on and to watch them. And I'll be honest, I've never watched any of them. I just, for me, I know it's really ignorant. He's too busy with Dan Carter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I just can't get it. I just can't get into it, mate. I, I, I just can't watch them old games. It's just not something I could sit and watch like any old football game it's just something I can't watch like even now like we're just talking about the de- the detail then I like the detail of it a bit of a rugby nerd so I, I like to see how someone's broke a defence down not just like I, I saw a try um, of Martin Afire the other day on like the highlights and he kind of just like run round everyone and 
scoring. He was like a bit like under tens when he used to be the quickest player and he runs round. And yeah, brilliant. Like what a great try. But I, I prefer to see how a, a set of people, so like Cronk, Smith, Slater, have, have actually broke a team down. Maybe a couple of plays before. I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd like that, so I like to. I like. You, I like you just said match in the fight. It was rubbish. I didn't say it was rubbish. It's got a great try. But he was, yeah. he, but he was, he, he was not. If you just, he's just, just quick. He's like me. He's like me back in the day. I'd, I'd have been the next Martin Fire, wouldn't I? <laughs> I played him. I, I played him. Actually. Someone clip that. <laughs> he, he's absolutely. He's absolutely, he's absolutely brilliant. Did Did you? I, yeah. I didn't know you played with him. Yeah, I played a year at Salford with him in '99 or 2000. I think it was. What um, was it like? What 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 was he like then? It was great, really good with all the, the young lads bringing gear in and stuff from, you know, he knew we were on a pittance like back then. Um, so he'd bring us stuff in and, and look after us. It was good, it was good on the field as well. Um, you know, he's obviously at the back end of his career there. Uh, but what was Billy still Boston like us when you played with him? <laughs> <laughs> he's all right, Billy. I've had a few pints with him in his club at Wigan. <laughs> Uh, but no, a fire. Of, we uh, we went to an army camp with Salford, and um, it was actually in season because we we was absolutely rubbish. <laughs> uh, we, we, we were getting beat every week. So uh, an Aussie fellow who was coaching us, John Ivy, he uh, he took us to Catrick, I think it was, and we did we did some stuff in the day, a bit of shooting, and then uh, the lads were asking if we could have a beer after we finished everything. And he loved the beer, Abs. He absolutely loved the beer. <laughs> so we come back, he must have been to one of the army guys, and they took us to the sergeant's mess, and it was 50p a drink. And he says, right, you've got one hour. You've got one hour, <laughs> and that is it. You're all going back to bed then. Anyway, Martin didn't come. He, he didn't He didn't drink. He he weren't having a drink, so he, he stayed in. So we all go to the sergeant's mess. We're plowing it down, trying to get as many in in this hour as we can. And... uh the hours open, he uh, says, come on, boys, we're all going back now. She had sneaked off and gone out with the with the younger army lads to their mess. <laughs> uh, and we all went back. Had a massive, big toilet rolls full of water and everything, throwing them at everyone round, round the things. I've launched one, and it's just missed the fire's head. <laughs> Whacked on the back of his headboard here. I thought, oh, my God, he's going to kill me. So he gets up with his wristbands on, <laughs> launches this ashtray. Boom, it come flying. It would have killed me if it would have hit me. It come flying past me head and hit the wall and smashed everywhere. And I thought, I can't be doing that again. <laughs> can't believe that. You learn something new every day. Right in a fire. Yeah. Can you imagine? What would you have done if you'd hit Martin in a fire with that? Oh, I'd have been upset the day. It's because I, I glugged about six pints in, in an hour. So I thought it was impossible. <laughs> well, he, he certainly scored some. Uh, he certainly scored some good tries back in the day. An absolute legend of the game. And uh, Ryan, you obviously don't rate him very highly if his tries weren't all that. So what? What's the what's the best try you've ever scored? No, oh, I just I just said I'd rather see like a real technical made try. I'm not saying he wasn't any good. He clearly was good, wasn't he? Like, you know what I mean? Um, don't back that, Ryan. It, it was. You know what I'm saying is like you. You, I picked my like my all-time Super League team, whatever, and I picked like I think I picked Tommy Makinson. I just think watching him and his finishes of, I don't know. I just, when you talk about levels of the of the game and stuff, and 
Like, oh, could could someone like Martin Fire finish like Tommy Makinson does or Tom Johnson does or maybe I don't know, but it's not something I'd kind of um, remember Martin Fire by. So just, again, it's it's hard comparing generations, isn't it? It's yeah, hard, it's hard because the, you know they were the game was different, the way you played were different. If, you know, how, how can you compare Martin Fire to Tommy Makinson? Because Martin Fire were never told to jump and leap and hit the yeah hit the flag and. Like down Warwick, but likewise, Tommy's probably never been able to have the space to run around the full team like under tens. Like you said, so how, how do you compare the two? I suppose. Yeah, it's it's a tough one, and, and I suppose like I say, it's probably, probably a matter of opinion, isn't it? Like whichever you thought was, even like now, my my dad was on about David Watkins for for Salford. Uh, only about, I don't think I've ever seen don't David Watkins play, him but... as well. David Watkins, I don't have a don't clue. Start, like, come on. But my my first like heroes were like Steve Blakely, um, Gavin Clinch. Then it went on to obviously Danny Maguire and people like that. So it, as it just got a bit more technical and more thought on how to break teams down and that, that kind of stuff. So just probably so Blakers couldn't though. tackle. Clinch used to do his one on one ball steal. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can see where you're coming from there. You, yeah, yeah, you've got the yeah. touch judges flag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all. I'm also Danny Maguire could tackle as well. No, oh, Danny Maguire's yeah. a legend. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, who's backtracking now? <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, Ryan. What, what's the best try you've ever scored? You are, to be fair, you have scored some decent ones in in the in your time. Cheers, Matt. Thank you. Um, you uh, I, my, I think my fi- my favourite one was probably the, the one against uh, Featherstone in the, in the grand final of two thousand and fourteen. That probably my favourite, just because uh, obviously went through a bit of a tough time, obviously losing my nan and stuff that year, and just kind of ended the year how I kind of wanted to. Really. So that was probably me. My favourite one, the the best one, probably the Warrington one in, in the Challenge Cup. Um, it just kind of, it's a bit of a loose ball, and um, obviously managed to just skin Ratchford like he wasn't there really, but um, no real biggie. <laughs> but yeah, that, no, that was probably me, uh, probably the best one I've, I've, I've scored. What about you, John? I didn't score. I never scored. I was going to say, I'd be surprised <laughs> if you actually had one to tell us about. <laughs> Kicked, uh, I think the best is a forty. 40- 48 meter drop goal at Salford against Warrington, but I never scored a try. <laughs> you, you never actually scored a single trap? No, I did really. I was I'm watching some it. highlights back last week of 2004 when we got promoted first time for, for Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, for, I actually forgot how good I was. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I didn't know I could run, I forgot how quick I could run. Uh, but no, they're good times. And Derek had just got on board with, with Lee back then as well, so he's done it twice now, getting promoted. Yeah. So uh, you can see our frustration of, of being in lockdown at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Third one, uh, I mean, it looked on the cards. It may still be on the cards. I mean, you've, you've made that transition into coaching and so far so good, certainly with, with Lee. You've, uh, it's gone really well, hasn't it? Yeah, obviously... Lee means the world to me with, you know, playing all, all the years um, the, through my career, uh, both at Hilton Park and at the new stadium, um, you know, which is fantastic uh, facility that we have. Um, and it, 
you know, it just means that that bit more when, when you've got that affinity with the place. So last year we kind of just the building blocks and didn't really have much till the, till the back end of the year where be able to bring, you know, the likes of Ryan over and, and players of quality to, to try and push us that bit further. Um, we always knew the second year we were going to go for it um, with, with that with the plan that we, we laid out with Derek when we first got together. Um, so that's why we're so frustrated at the minute because season got off to a really good start. But we all know the championship's got its uh, its big roller coaster throughout the the season. Uh, it's a great um, great league to watch um, because there's that many teams going for it and anything can happen each weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting year already for you. I mean, you've, you've, you've obliterated, some, well, you've obliterated most teams, haven't you? We'll, uh, we'll talk about it a bit more after the break, but it is, as you say, a very, very tough competition. Yeah, it gets stronger every year. Um, it was since I, I was playing, it got stronger every year. And you can see that again this year, although we've had good results. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Right, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back for the final part of this week's show. More stories, more funny moments. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the final part of this week's show. I've got a bone to pick with uh, John Duffy, actually, because he was talking about how he couldn't run um, in the second part of the show. However, he has revealed that he's actually running a marathon. Is that what you said? <laughs> running a marathon <laughs> after this? Half marathon today, yeah. Just got half, half marathon. marathon. Easy day today, yeah. is it? Day off. Yeah. I've entered the Ironman in Lanzarote in October, so... I'm just getting uh, just getting going with all my prep now. I did it last year, so it took me five I days. Like I serious or not? <laughs> uh, Ryan, can you fill us in here? Is he having his own? No, he actually is a bit of a fitness freak, Duff. He loves it. Yeah, when I was training last year, he was always in the gym with us, um, also pushing all the young lads on. So yeah, he's a he's a credit to the new era of coaches, really, like really helping his players getting stuck in. Um, you can't get him off the what bike. He's just always training as hard as he can. Thanks, Ryan. I'm sensing some serious sarcasm here. I can't figure this out. <laughs> Mate, I got off the plane. Really at, uh, the 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 old day at the end of last year. I couldn't even fasten the belt on the airplane. I was that big. <laughs> Is that what coaches? Honestly, it's yeah. ridiculous. Too much stress. Is it? I was going to say. I mean. I was I was going to be nice and, and not mention it, but you did sign Ryan Briley. Is that why the uh, is that why the weight piled on afterwards? <laughs> yeah, it was his goal kicking. That's why his uh, his mates were Dan Carter now. I actually I actually thought that your goal kicking were alright last year, wasn't it? I thought you'd nailed a few. Seem to remember. I didn't I didn't miss any wash what, what I should have got. So Dust is talking rubbish. It just cost us <laughs> a couple of games. That's all, Matt. We're talking from the touchline here, which I, I, I probably... They should be nailed, pal. If you're anyway. doing your reps every week, they should be nailed. Which game was it? What I don't else, I don't recall. What else do you want me to practice? I was laughing off the field every every day. Uh, there's a couple more as well, I can't remember. I, just that York one sticks in my brain. I'd already scored two that, that game. Well, you should have scored that trick, pal. 
<laughs> then you run to that kick at all. <laughs> Is it fair to say I'm, that I'm, all I'm, the good... your goal kicker? I wasn't your actual goal kicker, remember? When it, when it, we didn't have a goal kicker last year. <laughs> I, I probably I probably know the answer to this then, but through all the time you've been coaching, which is a fair few years now, is, is Ryan Browley not at the top? For goal kicking? No, just generally. <laughs> no, he's, he's good to be fair. He's got... Um, yeah, I had an opportunity to play just before I retired myself um, and then coach him as well and the way he's progressed in, in his career and the way he wants to get better at everything he does. Each time he comes into training, he's always asking questions, asking for footage, um, watching it with, with myself, getting his goals for that week, uh, become a real professional from, from where he started, um, uh, you know, with the college teams and, and, and getting signed over there at Cass to where he is now is, uh, you know, it speaks volumes for himself. And that's all I'm saying oh, yeah. about you, Ryan, and you're getting nothing else <sighs> off me. You, you managed 30 seconds then. As a coach, John, I mean, you've you've kind of developed a reputation for playing a, a really expansive brand of rugby. Um, I remember that Swinton team, it, it were like 40-30 every week. Um, Featherstone, it was the same, you know, I think... They'd had John Sharp before, aren't they? And, they? and then you came in and it was a completely different brand of rugby. Same at Lee. Why? You just sort of talk us through that, how you've got to that point where you, you want to play that style of rugby. I think, first of all, you want to have the ball, don't you, as a, as a player? You know, there's nothing worse than being under the pump all the game with, with defending. Um, and, and you want to try and express yourself when you do have the ball. So... I think at Swinton, with us having a really small team, we didn't have the biggest of teams there and we didn't have the, the best quality. Um, but I thought through coaching and probably overcoaching that team, we could get a good brand of rugby and have an identity in the league. And we ended up doing that. Um, and then when I went over to, to Featherstone and met Mark Campbell, um, he wanted to play expansively as well um, and, and, and have a good, you know, a good team who could, um, you know, express themselves whenever they wanted to through the game, through the quality. Mm -hmm. So I ended up with a lot better quality player there. And uh, we were on the right track until I lost both halfbacks with Holmesy at Summer Bash and, and then Riddy against Lee at home. Um, so we ended up with no halfbacks uh, for the rest of the season. But I thought it was a real successful season there. And then, and then Lee last year, um, we managed to get through that with a really small squad, um, but with the right coaching and, and the way we wanted to play the game, we, we become uh, a real a real good team for, for the money we'd spent. Um, and this year it's a bit different. We can we can dip in and out of playing expansively and and being a bit, as the, the fans had said, boring and, and getting our percentages up uh, because I've got that quality of player. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure they could call you boring. I mean, I think you you were averaging about 40 points a game before lockdown, were you? Oh, yeah, but you still get a bit of stick, don't you, along the way? <laughs> don't know. I, I, do, I do struggle to understand that. You know, I, I, the whole um, fan idea, I, I find it hard to relate, to be honest. Ryan, you, you, you spoke about it before to, to me, like, finding it hard to understand where fans are coming from with some of the grief you get on the touchlines feel like you can 
you can never win. How, how annoying can it be when you know you think you're doing everything right? You scored a couple of tries, you've nailed that goal line, uh, touchline mm. conversion that you don't normally kick, and you're still getting. You know, have you ever had that experience of just being completely bemused about the grief you get? Yeah, it's confusing, um, and, and I think what what fans probably struggle to understand is uh, when when Duff's there talks about like a brand of rugby. It's not you don't go, he doesn't go into his coaching room and goes right. We're going to play expansive this week. But th- there is a method behind it, and there is a lot of um, without giving his secrets away. Like Duff's is probably the most like detailed coach I've worked with um, in terms of it, especially his, his attack with his halfbacks and what you have to get to, what you're doing with the ball, what you're doing with your eyes, um, mm-hmm. are you manipulating their eyes on you? So I think it's probably a bit disrespectful for fans to say, oh yeah, John Duffy, he, he plays expansive. There's a, there's a lot what goes into that. Um, so I'd, when when you talk about what fans say about us players, it hurts that way because it's a case of not knowing or not having the intelligence to to understand what what we're doing when we when we are playing. So um, I know it's, it's it's hard for fans obviously to understand. They're not in the environment where we are, but um, there's a there's a lot and and people say oh when when you play expansive it's off the cuff and it's it's not at all. It's, it's, I think it's like couldn't be further from the truth saying off the cuff because there's a lot of structure, mm. a lot of method behind that. Where's what's the worst experience you've had of of fan abuse, whether it be your own fans or uh, other fans, rival fans? Um, Featherstone away is a, is always a tough one. <laughs> they uh, they are like spit at you and throw throw coins at you and stuff. That, that that's not great. Um, it just. I've I've never really had someone really like point in my face and and hammer me. Um, mm. Just a general, just a general consensus. Like say you you Featherstone away, uh, Batley away is normally pretty pretty grubby as well. But um, I, the the the, the uh, so the only probably example I've got is um, a fan. I think screaming was saying you should be giving your wages to charity. And I was just like, oh god, like, like it was probably on more money than me, but I was just like, I, I didn't really know how to take it, so I just kind of like turned in and walked off. But um, and and I think little thing like when they say, oh, we pay your wages, well, yeah, yeah, they do, but they get a service for that as well. Like they they actually do come and watch a game. It's not like you just give them money and we just walk off with it. Like we, you do get a service for paying. Plays where you get to watch rugby every weekend, you get to watch your team play every weekend, and, and as you know, with the lockdown and stuff, people have struggled without without rugby to watch to like to watch their teams. People have struggled, so yeah, you do pay our wage, but there is a service to that. You do actually get get to watch a game of rugby. <laughs> uh, John, the game were very different, as you said, when you were not playing, playing at Wilderspool, uh, the Boulevard, uh, the Sun. Oh, I mean. You, you must have some. Yeah. You must have some memories of some seriously intimidating places from your time playing. Yeah, Boulevard was real bad. Uh, Salford through that red fence as you're coming out there at, at the other yeah. walls. That was a shocker. You had that. Probably was, yeah. Probably was. Um, yeah, there's, there's a few different places there. Cass. Um, it, it was a bit, but. Uh, Bit too on top back then, and then when I uh, when I went to Lee Whitehaven away was oof, 
that was uh, ridiculous. The uh, well, it was it got a bit tasty. Um, just as you walk into the sheds at the, at the bottom end in the corner there, I remember getting stitched up. Um, I busted my eye and needed some stitches. I come off and walking down with the doctor. I've never seen as many coins and cans and all kinds being thrown at us. Uh, just just off getting some stitches. Uh, but that's the way it was then. I, I love all that. Um, I think it was, you know, it adds to to the to the game day experience as well. <laughs> Don't sound very fun to me. Sounds like it's good getting ripped into each other because you know that uh, that passion you had for for your team and and it's same with the fans as well. They're just passionate. Uh, I know Ryan's on about Featherstone there, but their fans are absolutely brilliant. Why? And uh, it took them a bit took them a bit of time to to come round to me. Uh, from being from Lancashire, uh, but they were absolutely brilliant. Reminded me of the Lee fans, just real passionate and follow you everywhere. It is, it is like that. The lower down you get, I find that yeah, the, the crowds are as big, but they're just the core followings, aren't they? And they, they, none of them shut up. They're always supporting the team. It, it must be quite nice to play a coach whoever to be involved in that. Actually, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's. Uh... Well, when I was at Swinton, they, you know, they got a co-op there of four five hundred, and they went home and away. Doesn't matter where. Is that a fan? Is it, is it, what, who's the fan? He's been. He's not missed a game for about forty five years, has he? Who would that be? Uh, Spelly. Yes, yes. Not missed yeah, a game. Spellman, yeah. yeah, he's nuts. Yeah. Good blow, like just a bit bonkers. <laughs> hey, just before we wrap up, we've got about five minutes left. Um, Loads, you know, loads of time. Everyone's got a minute. You know, I've heard about you training to become a, a professional athlete again, John and Ryan. You've found a new best friend in Dan Carter. What, what have you, uh, what have you been able to do at home in in your spare time beyond that? Start with you, Ryan. <clears throat> no, nothing. I'm I'm not good around the house, me at all. I'm useless. So, um, I I've just been training really for for me. Just meeting up with. Uh, one of Duffy's best mates, Adam Higson, the all said so. He's um, he, 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 honestly, all he's done is whinge about how much how many sessions I have to do. He's saying, Duff's think for we're already in Super League, he's doing this to us, making us do this, making us do that. So, um, yeah, I've, I've just been kind of meeting with him, meeting up with him and filming his sessions for him. So, um, <laughs> when he said he's not when he's not videoing him, he is videoing him, he's just not sending him. <laughs> I'm sick of that one. <laughs> He's he's had some he's had some memorable moments, hasn't he, during his career. I remember he first in at Lee. I've never seen anyone have as many fights in my life. <laughs> do, do you know what though? Off the pitch, he's he's a great lad. He's an absolutely great. Mither's me to death, like, but uh, he's a great lad. But he just yeah, I remember, explosions. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember I mean, it's it, it, people don't realise how good a player he is, do they? Because he's I mean, he's had a great career. I know he's played a lot in the, in the championship and, and done really really well, but everyone remembers that that magic weekend moment, don't they? I think was it Gareth O'Brien he took out? <sighs> Did a backwards somersault, didn't he, guys? Yeah. What oh, Ryan? You look you'll have played with him together at Toronto. What were what were the interaction between them two after he effectively tried to kill him? It was hilarious. Yeah, they they, they actually both get on really well. They they actually both go golfing together quite a bit, um, so they actually <laughs> get on really well with each other. So yeah, it was. It was daft. Like every, I think every week in the chain, we always just play on the big screen. Uh, AJ taking his head off, but he st- AJ still tells me there was no intent in it. It was a close fist. <laughs> he says that every week, though. 
I didn't mean that. <laughs> I, honestly, honestly, that wasn't me. That he said something to me two tackles before, and I thought, right, I'm having. How? How? I mean, I mean, it's to be fair that that first stint you had at Lee, right? I think John, you'll still been in and around the club. I think it was when Paul Rowley was in charge, and there was Adam Higson, there was Sam Barlow, uh, who else were in that team. <laughs> but I mean. It was just fight, 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 wasn't it? Well, I mean, how did you survive that team, Ryan? I, unfortunately, my my laces were always undone when it when it ever kicked off. <laughs> so I was just I was just tying my shoelaces while I was kicking them. By the time I finished, it had all already calmed down, so it was all right. That was him waving yeah. his flag coming on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get me off, get me off. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, I mean they, those, those, two, and there were more. I just can't think off the top of my head. But those two were right every week, weren't they? There was. I remember there was that one brawl with Halifax when Dane Manning absolutely wiped out Sam Barlow, and it. Came, I mean, that was going on every week, nearly, wasn't it? Yeah, that that year was um, yeah crazy. Just the amount of idiots we had in that team, just absolute bonk dogs. So uh, I think obviously missed Liam Kay and Tommy Goulding were just. Idiots every week just end up scrapping with everybody. So um, yeah, it, it was looking back now, it was daft. But you just kind of think at the time it's just kind of normal, don't you? And I, I just here we go again. Here we go. And off we had a Gaz Octet team week uh, year after. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, wasn't, it wasn't gonna get any better, was it? So, uh, but yeah, just funny times. And obviously a lot, a lot, um, a lot of memories I can kind of take back off my career. And uh, then, then will obviously will be the most fondest. No black eyes, though, because you were as far away nah, from that as possible. nowhere near. Nowhere near. Gents, I'm going to have to wrap it up there. It's absolutely flown by this. Thank you so much for uh, spending your morning, especially you, Ryan, because you've taken a fair amount of grief there. Uh, thank <laughs> you for watching. Uh, we're going to have a week off. We will be back soon. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter, at RLBackChat, and we'll be back with another episode very, very soon. Take care.